I want to bring in Paul Wankmuller. He's joining us this morning. He's the director of Trader Education at Blue Line Futures. Paul, good to have you with us and welcome. Just pointed out how the rates uh, have been inching up here, uh, but the indices continue to hold these upper levels. you got the TNX to 2.8 uh, to 2.5-ish uh, right now, but the indices, again, uh, near that two-month high. Do you chalk this up to earnings and some of the better-than-expected quarterly results? Sure. I, I think, uh, like you said earlier, we're all, uh, thank you very much for having me on today. I think what everybody's waiting for are the inflation numbers tomorrow. I, I could chalk a, a couple of those things up, up to the earnings. I believe that last Friday really saw a nice uh, rebound from the, the lows of the session into the end of the day Friday. And I think we're just kind of carrying over into that. And we're going to see what happens tomorrow with regards to uh, those inflation numbers. But the jobs number on Friday, what I really took away from it was the the wage inflation, okay? And I think that's what the Fed is looking at. Uh, clearly, they're going to pay attention to tomorrow's number. They're going to pay attention to the Michigan number on uh, on Friday. But when you when you dive down into the wage inflation, you have you can kind of separate it into two groups. You have uh, high school and below, and you have bachelors and above. And what you're seeing is the high school and below, is raise, is rallying faster and higher than the bachelors and above. And what that tells me is possibly the economy is going to go back to the necessities, uh, the necessary jobs that you really can't um, shy away from. So with rates kind of in this range right now, uh, I mean, oftentimes we talk about how the market uh, can settle into these uh, areas of consolidation, basically. Uh, I like to call them value areas. You know, we've seen a nice rally uh, again. Three and a half percent is basically where we topped out. Um, I, I kind of wonder, the indices are comfortable with this, right? I mean, we don't necessarily want to see them screaming higher. We'd be concerned if they were going lower at this point, it seems to be. It seems to be. So uh, maybe they're waiting for that next breakout, that next catalyst to sort of tip the scales one way or the other. But as long as we remain within this range, in theory, we could continue to kind of grind higher is, I guess, the thought here. Absolutely, absolutely. And I, I think looking at the Russell chart, we're seeing – uh, some retail money coming back in. I believe there's $852 billion over the past 41 weeks, a report out of Goldman Sachs that's coming in here. You're looking at fear of materially uh, underperforming. If you, if you didn't have an equity exposure towards the bottom back in June, maybe you're going to look for that breakout at 4,200. Okay. That, that is a big level for the S&P. And again, after Friday's session coming back, showing strength into the end of the day, I, I think that's pretty positive. There, there's a couple different things that could push us over 4,200. That was old resistance, going to become new support after that. And like I said, I think it's going to bring in a lot of CTA money as well. When you break a downtrend and those guys are looking for it to, to reverse, uh, you know, going, not possibly going back to November of the highs, but you're going to see fresh, fresh funds come in. And I, I think there is possibility to, to head up there, even with the rates sitting here. Paul, I like that you're dialed in on the 4,200 level. I've been keeping an eye on that June high, a sharp move off the June lows. I and mean, we were basically 500 points right now as we speak off that lower extreme from the summer, but still have yet to take out that June high. And I think that's significant at this point. Um, uh, you know, that being the case, and you mentioned small caps, I'm, I'm kind of thinking with the dollar hanging out these upper levels, I guess I wonder, does that sort of favor small caps versus Dow stocks, for example, the multinationals? Should we be looking to these more smaller mid-cap domestic companies if the dollar, if this strength, if it continues? Well, I mean, the, the chart says it all, right? Like you said, it's it's almost to the 200-day moving average. The S&P and the NASDAQ are, are not really near there. 
Uh, as you pointed out in the chart in the S&P, the 50-day moving average, the slope of it is now starting to upturn. So not only is it above it, but the slope is coming up as well. Uh, if you look at the S&P, you're going to see a positive MACD convergence. Uh, we made the low on, on June 17th, but the MACD made a low on May 17th. So what that's telling me is the downtrend is slowing there. And if the Russell is outperforming here, well, that's what you have to go with. The price is the price of the price. Price is king. And if we could pull these charts here just to uh, that point, you are seeing a little bit of a, a upward trajectory here right now in terms of the 50-day moving average. Now, this is the ES, and the other three majors look the same. It, we've been holding above this for a while now. I pointed that out again, the move up through 4,000. But here you can see, look at the Russell, uh, that 200-day moving average you're talking about. Well, about 100 points here. It looks like about 80 points below where we are right now, uh, or above where we are right now in terms of the Russell. You know, uh, Paula, why don't you get your thoughts on and kind of shifting towards financial markets a little bit here from the indices a little bit more directly. Um, when the yield curve inverted, we had this hearty discussion about, oh, it needs to be entrenched or prolonged. It's not necessarily just one day or two days or maybe even a week in terms of kind of giving us that precursor leading uh, into that recession, ultimately, um, not just touching it again, point being here, but but a period of staying inverted for a longer uh, duration. Now we have both. I guess I'm wondering why the debate is going on here right now. We've got two negative quarters. Uh, I mean, we are in a recession ultimately, and the yield curve is reflecting that as well. Well, I, I think we can, we can relate this to the case when everybody thought that the, the bottom in the equity markets had to come with a spike in the VIX. We didn't see a spike in the VIX, and everybody was kind of waiting for it. So now that we are here, there are still a few factors that I think that can, you know, the, the difference is that is the wage inflation, in my opinion. That, that is what is comparable. So if companies are going to increase the cost of their goods, the people that are working for those companies are going to have to increase their wages to pay for those goods. So it kind of turns into an endless loop, but I think that can actually feed profits going forward. So I, I think that the what, what you're seeing is with the inverted yield curve, I don't think that you saw the wage inflation in previous experiences as you're seeing now. I think that if you combine inflation without the wage inflation, then you would see assets such as gold really start picking up. And I think there would be uh, more weight put on that inverted yield curve. You know, I think that's important, and you bring up a couple of good points there. I think that we are dealing with kind of a neon swan type event, so it's difficult to compare apples and oranges, I guess, in many instances, different each time around, but this time even more so than any other. Let's talk real quick about this chart here and how we have seen a move lower, and I think you bring up another good point there, and I just wanted to provide a visual, Paul. Uh, the move from 4,800, this was the all-time high back in January, all the way down to, well, I was talking about that June low, 3639, how we're 500 points off that right now as we speak at 4120, but as I move away from this, you brought up how when we were posting that June low, you can see here's the June highs up around this 34. 34, 35-ish area, again, not taking out the May highs and nowhere near that high that we saw back in March up around 36.50, so signaling that maybe things were a little bit overdone to the downside. Paul, I like to try and not lose sight when everybody gets dialed in on, uh, you know, what's coming in the next day or two. I like to ask our guests what they're looking at in terms of the next week or two. Obviously, the CPI, the PPI, the major focal point is the dust settles from the Fed meeting and some of the central bank activity we've seen over the last couple of weeks. But moving forward throughout and into the end of the month of August, what should we be dialed in on? 
Well, you know, a lot of people are going to be focused on Jackson Hole, and I think, you know, I, you know, clearly uh, they'll be talking about what what happens uh, what happens tomorrow. But in my opinion, what I like to look at is these depressed uh, energy prices, specifically crude oil. I do like that the 91 to 92 level, uh, we're back above there uh, today. I believe we're trading around 9180 as, as we currently speak in the September contract on the, uh, the CMTWI, uh, <clears throat> CMEWTI rather. But you do have a better risk to reward trade here, in my opinion. When you have gasoline 54 days in a row uh, coming off, and I believe by next week we'll see it under $4 a gallon, this is coming into Labor Day weekend, as you said. Uh, um, you know, with regards to spirit, I think that there is an anchor bias with regards to the price of gasoline that's going to benefit the consumer. I believe that the $6 per gasoline number is embedded in their head. And when they see four, when they see things dip below four, that's going to be positive for energy, specifically crude oil, uh, uh, et cetera. We have seen uh, a spike in natural gas. Yeah, it came back to, to around seven and a half. That was the 50%, exact 50% retracement, actually, uh, from the lows to the highs on the, on the Fibonacci. But I'm pleading a case here for, for higher crude prices, just because uh, going into the end of the year, you saw uh, around 87.5 was the low, and we bounced off of that. There was, no, there was no real spike down. There possibly could be one from 85 to 82 to, to flush out some longs. But we're seeing strength here. And I, I think that is a case, uh, as I said before, uh, of the overall economy possibly getting a little bit better. And I, I think the risk reward is better though. You have great support down here. Uh, 91 to 92 uh, was support. Now it's a little bit of resistance. We have to break out above that. But I, I think the $95 uh, mark could be seen uh, soon. I mean, we do have inventory reports tomorrow. You do have China as a permanent bid for crude oil, in my opinion, in all aspects. Um, I, that, that's what I'm looking for going into August, September, uh, especially uh, energy in general. You're looking at natural gas going into the winter. Those are costs that cannot be um, uh, um, substituted, rather, as you know, the, the cost of high food could possibly be substituted for another choice. But when you have to heat your home going into the winter, uh, when you have to fill your, your gas tank, I think that these are things that are that are constantly going to come up on these dips, uh, especially we see with the Nord Stream issue going on. Uh, Germany is able to to store their natural gas, but they are they're taking a little bit away from the rest of Europe. So, you know, in general, with this pullback in natural gas right on the 50 percent retracement level on the FIB going from the lows to the highs, we're sitting there right now. Uh, if we do break that, I could see us going down to seven. That's the 618 retracement level on the FIB. And um, but in general, I, I, I feel like that's what I'm looking at for the next month. And, and I like it. All right. Energy prices here. It sounds like the focal point uh, in addition to the wages and some of the other inflationary pressures. Paul, uh, getting back to that uh, Germany discussion, ultimately, I mean, their hottest summer on record headed into this fall. I mean, all of this ties into that energy crisis that we'll be talking about in the coming months as well. So I like that uh, as a focus forward here and uh, a good point to end on. Paul. Wank Mueller, thanks for joining us here this Tuesday and sharing part of yours with us here on the TD Ameritrade Network. Ladies and gentlemen, Paint, Paul Wank Mueller, the Director of Trader Education at Blue Line Futures. Okay.